Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Johnny Evans, the Apple Holic from Computer World Magazine. You'll also hear from Brian Chapin of the Mac Observer. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. Let me ask you a question, Johnny Evans, the Appleholic. Is there a show like Saturday Night Live in the UK? Not as intelligent as that. He was always really intelligent. I don't think we've got anything good in the UK at the moment, show-wise. I don't watch much TV. That's why I like my Apple TV so much. Partially because it gets me get to Netflix. Um, Jonathan Ross, maybe, sometimes. I don't think the, the, the show hosts over here have the kind of political and social sensibilities that you get from Saturday Night Live, where it's all just a bit more switched on. Do you watch Doctor Who? Sometimes. I've been watching it since I was five. <laughs> I met Doctor Who once, John Pertwee. I think he was arguably the final doctor i was a little tiny child i thought he was the real doctor and i thought you know hey if the real doctors turned up in this cafe that i happen to be in there's going to be pursued by some kind of monsters really soon so being a very small child of about five i hid under the table and cried <laughs> and john pertwee came up and said what a nice little boy i was and my mum was impressed because he was quite good looking oh um perhaps that wasn't the best story in the world but it happened i know it did because i was there his son plays Alfred the Butler in the American series Gotham, you know, the prequel to Batman. You know that, right? Do you know? I think I did know that. I could actually sort of perhaps I could write to him and say, I met your dad once and we could be friends, but I doubt it would work out like that. He also played in the American modern day Sherlock Holmes series Elementary. He played Lestrade. You see, you're a, you clearly are more of a Pertwee fan than I ever took you for, Gene. I'm not. I'm just noticing that. You know, I don't care one way or the other. His name could be Sam Smith, as far as I'm concerned. You know, anything that's related to Doctor Who and the Doctor Who universe, I think that's part of it. So you, well, you like that? Well, just think, though, the current Doctor Who was the first one in years who was older than you are. The others were just kids the last few years. It's quite reassuring, really. <laughs> okay, so are you ready now to go out and buy an Apple car if Apple produced one? No, I'm not. <laughs> I can't drive. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, man. I don't live in America. I can use trains and cabs and people who drive. <laughs> well, that's interesting. My son drives, but he lives in Madrid and he never drives a car there. He doesn't own a car. He takes public transportation. He's perfectly happy with it. Here where I live, if I don't have a car, I'm stuck. Yeah, for sure. And if I do move to the beautiful English countryside at any point in my benighted existence, which I laughingly call my life, I too will need to figure out how to drive. I used to ride motorbikes, but I was, you know, that near fatal accident and that was that. <laughs> I don't drive cars. All right. But anyway, let's talk about an Apple car, supposedly according to the Wall Street Journal. And we can't always assume the Wall Street Journal is correct because we don't have an iPad Pro yet. But hmm. let's look at this particular story. Supposedly Apple has hired hundreds of engineers or deployed hundreds of engineers, some from the auto industry to some project called Titan, a top secret project that some think will ultimately result in a car. Of course, I also read an article in Auto Week just a few days ago suggesting that Apple doesn't have the smarts to build a car. How could they know how to make 10,000 different parts work together? Of course, they said 
Apple doesn't have the smarts to make a smartphone. Apple doesn't have the smarts to make a tablet. They've got $180 billion in the bank. So if they want to make a car, they'll make a car. Yes, they've got the cash. But why would they? You think about it. Cars are big. Cars are big, big, big objects, large objects. You've got to take a huge chunk of metal or, you know, whatever you make your car from, fiberglass. If you manufacture a factory in America, and I wouldn't, that would not surprise me, um, then you would have to ship it worldwide. That's a massive distribution and warehousing exercise. Why not just sell the intelligence in the car? That's the exciting bit anyway. I mean, yes, Apple could make the car, but I think, for, I think, I think it's also equally interesting, at least for Apple, to make the intelligence inside the car. So if we see this as an evolution of car play, where car play becomes the um, go-to industry standard leading telematics solution um, for, 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 for vehicle control and access in a sort of switched-on connected age, um, then that's got to be a more exciting space for Apple than to sort of worry about the manufacturing of cars. They'd have a load of money tied up in cars. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not convinced they're making cars. I can be convinced they're making car telematics, basically taking CarPlay and making it good. That, that I can buy much more easily. So as one article said, Apple doesn't just want to make a car. What they want to do is make the dash. I did. I think I remember seeing that somewhere. Yes, I think some people. Have, I mean, that's 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 my argument, really. Um, why 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 make the car when you don't need to make the car? There's lots of people make cars. Where it could fall down, of course, is if they're not getting sufficient partnerships from auto manufacturers, not enough interest from auto manufacturers. If they can't get their solution picked up by auto manufacturers, then perhaps making a car becomes another way in there. Because like at Olympic, um, uh, connected vehicles are kind of uh, an essential part of the um, the machine-to-machine connected future technology that's being sort of built at us right now um, all all around us. I mean, there's so many different levels of events taking place now all relate to that from the uh, cybersecurity initiative the other day to the information that will be picked up by your car to connected health systems and the Apple Watch. This is all about a connected planet, the dystopian angle of which has to be considered because you can't just blindly run into technological advance of that nature without considering user privacy and control. I mean, uh, I think you could take the Google model. They clearly don't give very little um, uh, for, uh, for, for user privacy and control. Their argument towards it being privacy is outdated, therefore don't worry about it. Um, I think some of us would prefer to hold on to a little. Um, uh, these debates all feed into the, the, these these events, and um, the idea that Apple might be moving into into auto feeds quite. You know, it's 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 as connected to a connected future as Apple moving into the Apple Watch. You know, um, one's on your wrist and one's on your bum, but you know, <laughs> you're going to be taking both of these things from A to B, and they're going to be speaking to other connected objects on your journey. And that, that those connected objects will in- include um, big, big analytical systems, which will take the information that you provide to do other things with, from managing healthcare and, and transit information to figuring out if your car needs a service or uh, or just sending you uh, the iMessage from your Aunt Mabel. I mean, this is a connected future. We are part of it. Apple will be exploring, I imagine, every potential possibility of such a connected future while it tries to both move ahead of where we are now 
figure out where we're going and also then to establish where the profit potential profit centers are in which it can make a difference i mean hasn't that always been its way but as we put intelligence in everything the opportunity and the possibility has really extended again i'm not convinced apple needs to make the car but it would be good for apple to make the intelligence in the car well possibly here what they're doing is they're building car prototypes on which to test these things Oh, not impossible at all. I mean, there's all the talk, isn't there, of that sort of strange, spooky, it's an Apple van. It's an Apple van that um, hundreds of um, San Francisco journalists, I think, now are riding around on motorbikes trying to track down and get pictures of the inside and pictures of the number plate. And let's figure out what the inside tread is, which is ultimately meaningless information, because even with all those images, we still don't know what it's doing, what it could be doing. Indoor mapping. It could be doing city mapping. It could be increasing, improving the 3D images. It could be doing, you know, like the Google cars used to do. It could be testing self-driving, which, of course, I think in some parts of the States is, is now allowed. I'm not sure of this, actually. I can't quite remember, recall, but I seem to remember that in some parts of the US, um, it has been made sort of relatively legitimate to test self-driving vehicles in public spaces. Yes, we'll uh, go into that in our next segment. A bit later in this episode, we'll be hearing from the one and only Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. And by the way, I'll give you a hint about what he's going to talk about. He has a decidedly different view about the Apple car. Johnny Evans, the Appleholic, is here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hi, this is Steve Spillum for Midas Resources. In 1971, President Nixon took the United States off the gold standard and put us into a fiat currency. This allowed Congress and the Federal Reserve to create trillions of dollars out of thin air. The national debt has risen to incredible heights, and your hard-earned dollars buy a small fraction of what they once did. The average life expectancy for a fiat currency is 27 years. The dollar is failing and on borrowed time. When currencies fall, people turn to gold and silver because gold and silver have been real money for more than 5,000 years. It is our mission at Midas Resources resources to help you preserve your capital. Don't let your personal savings shrink to nothing. For important free information on how you can protect your personal wealth, contact me, Steve Spillum, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Call today while we are still accepting dollars for gold and silver. 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Make a change in your financial security today. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. 
Freeze Dry Guy presents Freeze Dried Turkey, Freeze Dried Ham, and the No Bake Casserole Unit February Sale. Listen, if you trust the Freeze Dry Guy as thousands have for their emergency food supply since 1970, don't wait to hear how great this deal is because it's unlimited supply. Call 866-404-3663 and ask for our new Turkey and Ham Unit. Normal retail price $359.94. Sale price $251.94. You save $108. And it's chock full of high quality, great tasting, freeze dried diced turkey and ham from Mountain House. The gold standard in long-term storage products. Or get the Freeze Dry Guys No Bake Casserole Unit. 153 servings per case at normal retail price of $215.94. Sale price $172.75. You save $43.19. But supplies are limited and we always pay shipping right to your door within the lower 48 states. Call 866-404-3663 and make FreezeDryGuy.com a favorite and check for monthly specials. Don't miss the Freeze Dry Guys February sale. Call 866-404-3663 or visit FreezeDryGuy.com. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Now we have another service that we're offering now called Tech Night Owl Plus. What is Tech Night Owl Plus? Well, we give you a special version of the Tech Night Owl Live, higher resolution copy, the audio quality, therefore, being better. Therefore, when Johnny Evans is on, he sounds more perfect than he can possibly be. And we also take out 41 minutes of network ads. So you get a virtually ad-free version for a modest subscription fee. And now we've got one new feature here that we just added in the past week, and that is an RSS feed that you get from the subscription area that informs you of updates to the shows. So you get new episodes. You don't have to go back to our forums each and every time. To find out more of what this is all about, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We have Johnny Evans, the Appleholic. We're talking about the rumors about Titan, the alleged project by Apple to create a car. Now, obviously, Apple has the finances and can certainly buy the knowledge to build the car if they want it. But as you say, they're more interested in the intelligence behind the cars. So where do you think this is going to lead? A new AirPlay? Or do you think in the end, Apple may have to build a car? Or maybe they want to do Elon Musk one better? 
Um, well, there is the talk also, isn't there, of uh, Apple buys Tesla, which um, bounces up from time to time. Um, why it bounces up, I don't know if there's any truth in that, because I've got no insight into that. I do know that Tesla PR are harder to deal with, even than other PRs I've dealt with uh, at times. Um, but equally, um, Tesla's hot. So will it be Apple buys Tesla? Again, why? If Apple can reach a partnership with Tesla, that may be more advantageous. Again, also another part of this is is uh, I can't help but think when pondering these affairs of um, Apple and Motorola and the iTunes phone and how, you know, during the experience of attempting to work with mobile manufacturers, Apple kind of somewhere picked up, hmm, we might have to do this ourselves. You can't take cards off the table in this game. Apple's looking at its cards right now. If indeed Apple has invested 1,000 people into trying to develop something, and if indeed it has some car zipping around San Francisco doing something incredibly geeky but highly intelligent that is going to magically change the world and make it a better place while preserving personal freedom and enabling um, environmental progress by being electric rather than fossil fuel based, then that's all very exciting. And if Apple is looking around, opening up the possibilities by looking into what is available and what is available to it within the technologies it owns or can invent or buy, then everything is possible. 75 billion, someone says, to buy Tesla. That's quite a lot of bread. I'm not convinced on that, you know, so it could happen. I could go shopping in 10 minutes, but I probably won't because I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting here as far as buying Tesla for $75 billion, I don't think Apple's interested in making that kind of investment. I think it would cost them less to build their own car company because it didn't cost $75 billion for Tesla to get started. Uh, I, I think, I mean, again, you know, they wouldn't build the car, would they? They'd seek partnership. They'd seek manufacturing partners. They'd seek technology. They'd license technologies for where they didn't have them. Um, one of the reasons which, you know, they can have been having a lot of extensive meetings with Tesla over battery technology, anything that anybody can do to build advantage in battery technology now is incredibly valuable and important and worthwhile and everybody really needs it. So we can have an iPhone that lasts a week, which we will have one day, but we don't have yet. And so, you know, and a great deal of time and money and there's experiments and people doing research projects all over the world. There's always interesting things coming out of Korea, but they never seem to come to anything in terms of advancing battery technology. And that is something which would be critical. You know, both Tesla and Apple would be able to get along fine if they were able to share investment in battery technologies. So perhaps there's opportunities for various kinds of synergy between those companies which can be explored. It is interesting that you've got all the sort of like the staff exchanges which are being reported as going on. And what's also interesting is we've had all these reports of um, um, Tesla nicking Apple staff and Apple taking Tesla staff and look how close to the auto industry Apple already is. Look at this Ferrari, Freddie Q. Um, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a few bits and pieces going on, isn't there? They're clearly getting their hands dirty in that industry. So it could happen, but does it need to? Does it need to? I mean, isn't that one of the questions Apple asks? Can we make a difference here? Do we need to? So do they need to? Can they make a difference? What difference would a car made by Apple make? It would be made by Apple. But how could it be a car made by Apple which was significantly better than a Tesla and significantly better than the low-priced uh, electric and self-driving cars we can expect to see from Hyundai and others in the next couple of years? How can Apple make a significant difference by delivering a car? Well, some people have been reading the recent New Yorker report with a, a, a brilliant piece of work, I thought, um, um, uh, into Jonathan, Johnny Ive, and noting that his, his statements about, mm, aren't modern cars terrible, um, while he drives in his Bentley. 
<laughs> he's got a driver, so you know, <laughs> and, and and perhaps you know, I, I'm sure Apple thinks about everything. But would you be able to fit a car on Johnny Ive's desks? That well, could be the, <laughs> a pretty small car, but you just think could be the car that basically expands in size when you need to use it. But seriously speaking, here, okay, the problem is when Apple disparages a product. That's yeah. the precursor to saying that's what Apple's going to do next, isn't it? Sometimes. It does seem to have had that habit in the past. <laughs> Who needs a tablet anyway? Phones! <laughs> it could happen. It doesn't mean it will. It could. Maybe they'll do a spacecraft. That would be interesting. Uh, there's, there's, it, it, it is interesting that amongst the people that some of the uh, Apple executives follow, you find um, Virgin Galactic and you find Tesla. Um, are they all going to get together and invent a, an Apple-powered spaceship? Um, I guess they will at some point in the future. Um, I guess somewhere in the future we can imagine Apple-powered personal flying craft. Um, we'll be able to have those then, you see, because, because these are connected flying craft they'll be able to zip around in our skies and they'll never crash because they will know where each other's are, where they're going, and using big data analysis, we'll be able to figure out exactly how to avoid each other in flight and humans won't even be driving them, thus reducing the margin of error, except that, of course, there'll still be a margin of error because all the talk of technology being a solution to everything always completely ignores the idea that we've got a bunch of people to program it. Um, still, let's <laughs> gloss over that and think about the enabling factors. Yeah, Apple could make a spaceship. There is logical ways in which it could happen. There are technology already exists which it could, from which it could be made. Apple could figure out how to do it in an environmentally friendly way. And indeed, rather than creating a spaceship on Earth, they could simply put some 3D printers on NASA, uh, in conjunction with NASA, on the moon and start printing their spaceships out of moon dust perfect resource. Maybe they could get a few thousand workers to go up there and create them. Seriously, because it's possible doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it might happen. It might. The car might happen. <laughs> what you just did, Johnny, is yeah. to cause all the rumor sites to cover Mac or Apple issues. To say, a rumor, an informed source, suggests <laughs> that Apple is preparing to build a spaceship that will take us to Mars to figure out what those clouds are they're having on Mars nowadays. Yeah! It's Isn't that strange? <laughs> That's really weird. The cloudy Mars. It's mm. like somebody on Mars was singing the song Cloudy by Paul Simon, and <laughs> it got away from him because of the lighter atmosphere. I don't know what I just said. Johnny Evans is here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Neighbors, let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24-7. And take a selfie with your Mac. Post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And tag it Mac for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash hugamac, bitdefender.com backslash hugamac.
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, Now, just imagine there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. We continue on the Tech Night Owl Live with Johnny Evans. We started with an Apple car. 
that probably won't happen. Maybe Apple just wants to control the dash because if they control the dash, they control everything. Maybe Apple will have technology for self-driving cars that they will license to other companies. Maybe there will be an Apple spaceship called the iShip or the Apple ship or the Apple flying saucer. Maybe they're getting it from alien technology that was acquired from the wreckage of the spaceship that crashed at Roswell, New Mexico. What do you think, Johnny Evans? (laughs) It's my other Uh, show, yes. Yeah, man, which is fair enough. Um, Did they acquire, oh, those lovely alien technology rumors, they don't spark up anything like as much as they used to, do they? I seem to remember there being fairly frequent mileage things early in the days of the internet, but these days the internet being such a sanitized place, you don't get to hear the really excellent uh, rumors quite as often, unless, of course, you listen to Gene Steinberg's excellent show, where I'm sure he has all these rumors um, and speculations placed in tidy, easy-to-digest snippets for your listening pleasure. What is there? Will there be an Apple car? I think that's where we are. We don't know. But it's, aren't the rumours interesting? Don't they seem to be building up some kind of currency? What I think we can tell here is that, was it last year um, when Tim Cook spoke uh, somewhere and he noted uh, some of the things the company had done and some of the acquisitions the company had made and also pointed out mm, and the rumors pretty much said yeah um, we're doing a lot of stuff but the people who watch us all the time don't even know all the stuff we're doing and now here we are in january february of this year and suddenly all these little rumors are probably pop- popping up each of which indicates that indeed apple has got a couple more flourishes planned for the next 12 months and uh, they really weren't being quiet when we thought they were being quiet were they it looks like they were being very very busy i knew tim cook was good at this stuff as an operations guy he kind of put together lots of different teams and kind of empowered and enabled them to start working in lots of different directions. So I think it's probably quite an exciting time to be an Apple Watcher. Um, It's just a shame the company continues to be doomed. It's terrible. I've never known a company be doomed for quite as long. Have you? Apple has been doomed since 1976. The problem is they won't listen. It's just outrageous, isn't it? I mean, how doomed can a doomed company get? And and they look terribly beleaguered as well. As beleaguered companies go, Apple is the champ of being beleaguered. They don't say Microsoft is beleaguered. They don't say Samsung is beleaguered because they're not making as much money on wireless handsets as they used to be. Only Apple can be doomed to die any second now. Hmm. Especially now it's the biggest company in the world. Clearly, it's only got one direction. That is craziness, isn't it? I mean, it, meanwhile, meanwhile, over in uh, Africa, uh, Samsung is busy putting together its um, Connected School initiative, um, which, as I understand it, seems to be a bunch of tablets and other sort of mobile devices made by Samsung, which they've tried to sort of stick together with some educational software, uh, which they're trying to stick into um, a various sort of developing world countries, presumably at some kind of budget uh, price, which just made me think iTunes you, but maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I'm just being mean. What do you think? Do you think I'm being mean, Gene? You know, let's move beyond this because I think we've saturated this subject. Cool. And by the way, this weekend on the other show, the Paracast will be talking about a book called Death on Mars (gasps) with Dr. John Brandenburg about whether someone invaded Mars years ago when they had a burgeoning civilization and used nuclear weapons to get rid of them. You know, must violate the prime directive. I don't know. We have to get into something like that later. You've written kind of a manual or guide to Apple Watch information, what we know about it. Yeah. As we sit here 
mere weeks <laughs> before the Apple Watch will debut. We want to know what's going on. Tell us. That's a very open-ended question, Mr. Steinberg. I, I don't know we even know where to begin with that as a question. I'll tell you what, it'll be a watch. You'll put it on your wrist. Loads of people will want one. It will remind you to stand up occasionally, and it will have some health features and a few apps. And later this year, it will have onboard standalone apps, but I still think that's going to slip until a bit later on. And it won't be as good as the next Apple Watch, but it'll be pretty good, and it's going to have to be pretty good, given that some people are spending several thousand dollars to own a gold one. What else do we know? They're going to sell millions of them. They're just going to do it. Um, the hype is building up. The interest in the product is building up, and I can't help but think what they've actually managed to do is achieve a product which works correctly. You know, it's sort of like, it's uh, it's wearable technology, which looks like it's been done pretty close to right, which is not bad for... I mean, all they've had really is a few Samsung devices to, 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 to draw inspiration from. Admittedly, not many people bought those Samsung devices, and, and the people who did didn't really use them. But, I mean, that's inspiration anyway. I, I think people will use these watches. What would you like to know? Well, okay, let's look at some of the different things here. First, we have to compare Apple Watch with the competition. So we know, what, 700,000 700, Android Wear devices have been sold. We know, for example, that Pebble claims to have sold 1 million, but it took about a year and a half. If we're adding this up, we have, you know, between 2 and 2.5 million smartwatches being sold. So if Apple sells 3 or 4 million the first month or so, they now own the industry just because of the virtue of the fact that nobody has really made a success of smartwatches. So the barrier to entry and the barrier to great success is not very high. The barrier to great success in this case isn't just the sales, but the usage. And and um, and I think I think that's really where we'll have to um, um, uh, judge um, events. I mean, Apple's looking at a what is it? Something like a. a, a a billion, I don't know, iOS device users out there. And um, of that, it wants to sell to maybe 0.1%. So that's still quite a lot of, you know, it's a lot of thousands and millions of people. Um, they're aiming to shift, I believe, according to some of the reports I was glancing at today, um, around five to six million in the first quarter. Um, given the loyalty of the Apple fan base, that, that that's probably possible um but what's really critical is the experience that people who the first early adopters of this device um the experience that people have um it's really going to be critical when you have the watch will you use it there's excuses to use it apple pay looks like it's a key reason to use it it's used as a remote for your apple tv that would be one reason that people use it i think people are going to like the tap on the wrist stuff that it does i think that will i think people will kind of fall for that over time um i think people will use the uh, the, the fitness um, um elements that, that it offers and it's nice to think that those elements will improve i also believe um, that as soon as the Apple Watch is out there in circulation, you've got a really good opportunity for third-party developers. I mean, and we're talking about serious third-party developers from the sort of medical and devices firms to put together um, 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 a re FDA, et cetera, regulated tools which are compatible with the watch, enabling, and, and indeed the iPhone, um, enabling um, Apple's ecosystem to suddenly sit at the heart of, of quite advanced um, medical operation, uh, medical uh, medicine and caregiving 
uh, tasks. Um, so I think it's got a good chance of being an object that's used. And when it is used, it's got to impress and it's got to look good and people have to be happy with it and people will have to feel no frustration with it, you know, that whole element of friction. Um, and at this stage, given that, you know, we haven't seen it hit the mass market, we are at that sort of, it reminds me really of just before we waited for the iPod, we didn't quite know what was coming. We had a vague idea of what was what. We kind of knew how it was going to work and yet we didn't. <laughs> and, uh, um, and then, and then when it did appear, people just fell for this device because it sort of, it really fit what people's great subconscious imagination seemed at that time to expect from a music player. It just managed to fit that space. Will the watch fit the smartwatch space? It's got a chance to. Apple being Apple and Apple's track record being what it is. Others have tried to get there first. I still believe that they tried to do it because they knew Apple would. A little bit later on this episode of the Tech Night Out Live, you'll be hearing from Brian Chaffin from the Mac Observer. So stay tuned. Let's continue <laughs> this with Johnny Evans, the Appleholic from Computer World Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com this alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. 
Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Johnny Evans, the Appleholic. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Before you go any further, do me a favor. Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Learn about Tech Night Owl Plus. You get a ad-free, high-resolution version of the show for a modest monthly subscription rate. New RSS feed makes it easy to know when the new episodes are available. Plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Johnny Evans is here. We were talking about all the possibilities with regard to the Apple Watch, which is going on sale sometime in April. Now, I'm guessing here that the top-line gold watch is going to go for, what, two to $5,000? Does that make sense? I think the people are, are predicting it might be higher. Um, uh, again, nothing's been announced, so I do not know, but it's going to cost, isn't it? It's going to have, like, you know, <laughs> it's going to have some dollar, you know? <laughs> People are going to really want to have that watch, but it's not upgradable. Well, that is is the issue. There was an article from John Martellaro of the Mac Observer suggesting that maybe Apple will provide a way to upgrade the internal workings by pulling out the module and throwing a new one in. There is that possibility, but is it really possible? There are, there's still more to learn from this. They've saved a few bits, haven't they? Again, as per usual, those naughty, pesky, cheeky Apple people have held a few few little features and ideas back. Um, I can't imagine the people owning the top-of-the-range gold models or platinum models or white gold models will necessarily 
feels that happy if they've got to buy a new one next year. Um, I mean, there's a, I know that there are a lot of, of incredibly rich people in the world, and perhaps I find it difficult to think as they think, and perhaps they are quite happy to have that kind of attitude towards conspicuous consumption. Um, maybe it's just my sort of like vaguely Protestant soul that um, <laughs> thinks that that looks wrong. I mean, they could have an exchange program. They could have a scheme by which if you take your old watch back, perhaps you get... Um, the new one for a discount. Um, there are things, I mean, there's plenty of latitude for how Apple can um, uh, account for that. Almost like, you know, hey, <laughs> buy a watch on rental. Um, but uh, they haven't announced anything of that kind. And um, and I think some of the thinking may be too far-fetched. However, I, res- I respect John Martorello, and it is really possible that um, watches being miniature objects and the amount of um, energy Apple has invested in this, that they could have figured out how to make the core of the machine replaceable. It's possible. It's only a part. If you make it a, a if you make it a, a solid state part that sort of like fits into a, a particular slot, then um, it, it, there is the potential that in future you can upgrade it. Um, but Apple's not done that before, so I'm you know really. What do you think, Gene? Well, here's the problem with a watch. A watch is not something you replace in two years or five years. And I'm not unusual. I keep talking about this. I've got. This guest watch I bought 10 years ago. It's had a couple of replaced batteries. Otherwise, it still gives me fairly accurate time. So I always use it. It's in pretty good shape. I have no reason to buy a new one. It costs $75, as I said. Now, if you're spending $349 for a watch or $5,000, if you want the thing with the gold or more, I have no idea what the price would be. I expect it will be expensive. It will be fine jewelry. You don't want to buy a new one next year or two years from now or five years from now or 10 years from now. This is going to be a long-term purchase. So Apple really needs to find a way to future-proof this device. Otherwise, it's going to limit sales. Now, maybe it can't be done the first year. And I think Apple has to make a way for it to work mostly as a standalone device. And that won't be done the first year. But ultimately, they're going to have to do that. Johnny, what do you think? They're clearly going to have to figure out how to make sure that people at the luxury end of the market don't get bored. You know, Um, they're going to have to make sure that if you do buy one, you don't feel, you know, disappointed. in it. it all comes down to the user experience, doesn't it? Owning ownership of the watches is the user experience. And if after one year year, or whatever the, the incremental basis on which upgrades are made turns out to be, but if after XYZ time uh, there is a new watch and you don't feel like you've had that watch for very long, that would impact the user experience. How then can Apple maintain the quality of a luxury premium end user experience in the watch field um, without sort of overcomplicating it. How to do it in a simple way. It's got to be simple. It can't be, you know, you give this back and we'll give you this and $2 and then you rub a bungee. It's got to be, you know, elegant and uh, as designed as the object itself. It's That's just sort of, you know, that's quite clear. That's the that's how you do things properly. <laughs> and so um, um, people's time is limited too, of course, and, and particularly the people who will be buying the, the luxury item will have... Um, incredibly limited time and will, you know, almost certainly have some kind of attitude towards themselves by which to say, you know, they think they deserve to be treated a certain way. Um, has Apple opened up a can of worms? It, it hasn't got the ability to, uh, to, to meet. Uh, has it, has it perhaps taken on a challenge here that it hasn't yet recognized? 
I'm just a pundit, but I know that all pundits are recognising this as a potential challenge. Equally, do you really think Apple hasn't thought about it? So it will be definitely interesting to see how they uh, address that real challenge. A future-proofed smartwatch. Yeah. Hmm. Let's just leave it there. Maybe as we get closer to the release of Apple Watch, we'll know more. But let me ask you, because we talked about the Wall Street Journal and the prediction of Titan being the Apple car, they predicted an iPad Pro, which we haven't seen yet, which means nothing. It could happen. What do you think? I've, 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 I've kind of gone with the iPad Pro because it makes sense to me. Um, and I, I haven't expected to see anything of that just yet. Um, I can imagine. I mean, you know, if you think about how things are shaping up, let's just take a quick sit, sit back. We've got Apple Pay. We know Apple Pay is heading towards internationalization. We hear the, the rumor that's being sort of sparked around a lot is that it's having problems in China. The one that hasn't been sparked around, which came out the same source yesterday, um, is that Apple is also preparing to launch Apple Pay in Brazil. Um, um, so, you know, um, that doesn't seem to be hitting regulatory problems. So we know Apple Pay is one of the things. We've got the Beats thing going on. We've got iTunes Radio, which was meant to be internationalized ages ago. Um, we've got the Beats thing happening. We know that something's got to be happening in iTunes. And you can sort of feel it in the water that at some point Apple's got to try and do something both to uh, uh, sustain iPad sales and to uh, um, 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 maintain interest in its iTunes revenue because iTunes is becoming such an important segment of, of the whole operation. And clearly then it needs to occasionally put some life into it. Um, we hear enough claims that something's going on. They've uh, that huge Beats purchase last year. We know something's going on. So there, what have we got there? We've got Apple Pay. We've got iTunes. We've got Apple Watch. We've got uh, we've got the, the persistent rumors of a new MacBook Air, and we've got the uh, Retina display, and we've got the, uh, um, the the constant expectation of an iPad Pro. So there's five different things, all of which, to, as far as I can tell, um, seem to sort of have some kind of a lock between them. Um, and it, would it really be surprising if um, we turn around in thirteen weeks, within the next thirteen weeks, and find at least some of those hopes have been realised? Apple is going to have the Apple Watch coming out in April. Why would they not take advantage of the huge attention that will be uh, that will be there when the Apple Watch does sort of ship um, to uh, you know try and popularise a couple of other ideas while they're at it? Eh? Um, it's just standard making sense, isn't it? It's just a sensible way to approach things. They've built a massive hype around one object. Uh, their practice usually has been to uh, rub a little bit more of it on two or maybe three other things. I think they seem to believe in the law of threes most frequently. So it might just be that we see one or two of those and one thing in the run-up to the Apple Watch launch. Um, so I'm not worried about the iPad Pro not being uh, uh, make, showing its smiling face just yet. Uh, I kind of see that as just, you know, it's only just been January, man. We're still getting over Christmas. Don't rush it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one yeah. thing here about an iPad Pro, I see a market for it, but not necessarily the mass market. I see a business market for it in the enterprise, something that IBM can sell. I see it in content creation where graphic artists will embrace something like that with a fancy stylus or something, maybe an Apple pen. We talked to someone last week about the possibility of Apple using their patents for an Apple pen, a more sophisticated stylus that you could use to draw or virtually paint a picture. That would create new opportunities for artists. Kind of like a live scribe. Something like that. Of course, I do not know how to use such things. You know, <laughs> I can manage squares and rectangles 
and curves and oval shapes. Very good at that. Of course, the various tools do that automatically. I just have to specify the dimensions. I don't want to get there. We have other dimensions to talk about in our remaining two segments with Johnny Evans, the Apple-holic from Computer World magazine. More to come. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Attention listeners, SurvivalLife.com is giving away free EverStrike permanent matches for a limited time only. These matches are waterproof and will light in any weather condition, rain, snow, or sleet. It will still throw a spark. Its built-in ferro rod strikes at 3,000 degrees, and it is good for 15,000 strikes. Normally, $15. Today, it's free. Get yours at FreeWaterproofMatch.com. Again, that's FreeWaterproofMatch.com. Hurry, supplies are limited. Visit FreeWaterproofMatch.com today. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Johnny Evans, the Apple-holic. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. And we've been talking about such things as Apple Watch, could it be future-proofed? Whether Apple will have an Apple car, an iCar? I don't think they use i anymore. I think i has gone i, i, i. Johnny Evans, you don't think they're going to have too many more products with the i in it, do you? I don't know. Well, I appreciate the words of wisdom, and you certainly have a gift for brevity. How rare. Uh, I don't usually, as, as, as you also know. Um, well, have they dispensed with the eye nomenclature? Um, it does look that way, but, you know, they can't put an apple in front of everything. Um, I guess they'll use it where it makes sense. Or maybe they have an idea for putting the eye into some other kinds of products where things relate to the eye. So maybe we'll have, you know, um, more eyes in, in music-related products and film-related products and less eyes when it comes to actual hardware 
Child, isn't it exciting watching? <laughs> okay, let's look at the music-related products. So the story goes that people aren't downloading musical tracks anymore, buying them. Now, in passing, I might say it may not be so much that people are no longer interested in downloading music. It may be that there is not a lot of good music to download among the current offerings. And they just can't keep rebuying the latest remix of something or other. They want something new, and we don't have the artistry there. So that's one reason not to buy the musical tracks. Now, maybe it is that people want to have streaming music. I'm not one of them. But I can see that on an occasion, having streaming music. So the question being here, if Apple is going to have streaming music, are they going to improve the way things are? I mean, the iTunes radio is... eh, I have a Beatles mix for iTunes radio. And I just think it's not so well done. You don't have any real good selectivity in their standard mix of Beatles music. So I don't like it. And maybe they'll have Beats technology. But would you drop the name Beats? Doesn't Beats count for something? Where do we start with that? Isn't it interesting? We've had the Zane Lowe story, which is kind of happening from over here. I don't know how much that's come across, but he's a BBC DJ, one of the more popular ones, bit of a champion of new music for several years. Zane Lowe, going for a job at Apple. Um, in interviews in The Guardian, I think, he, he talked um, enthusiastically about how he wanted to reach the people, bring music to the people, about the importance of curation and playlists. And, you know, um, did we talk about this one time? Um, the idea of, you know, when you go, you can still find it when you go into comic shops, say, and uh, you go into the comic shop and you meet the incredibly enthusiastic staff and they're all really lovely and kind of interesting and quirky and they're all enthusiastic about things and they'll show you this and have you read this ga- graphic novel and oh man you've got to read V for Vendetta which is kind of like how come I read V for Vendetta before the movie came out and um, Alan Moore wonderful amazing human being um, and uh, you know that kind of enthusiasm that kind of infectious enthusiasm through which you learn new things or find new artists or encounter new acts well I don't know how it is on, on stateside TV but I know in the UK the music shows have become more and more flaccid and boring more and more sort of like based on they're either they're either there trying to sell you stuff so hard that you're not buying or they're there trying to popularize some mediocre celebrity that you're not interested or they're there trying to sort of do the democracy democracy thing of look at us we've taken 15 ordinary people and given them a one-hit wonder um the models all seem to be wrong we don't have things like top of the pops anymore we don't have these enthusiast shows we don't have ready steady go and um, we do still over here have jules holland which is fine there's a place isn't there for enthusiasm about music for enthusiasm in music discovery and this enthusiasm hasn't ever quite been um managed to make the transition from the human to the machine ultimately i think humans respond to other humans i mean we're wired that way so even if the other human is a voice on a radio or a human-like voice um, on, on on online channel or um, somebody you speak to on the phone or person you bump into at the shops you just are automatically wired to be receptive to what they're saying even if you don't agree with it you consider it um, in, a, in a different way so this idea of curated music and beats was i think part of the idea that um, 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 beats had uh, for what they wanted to do um, so will will that kind of a, a music streaming service with intelligence and a human element be more successful it could be now the, my other problem with streaming services, and I, I know I'm going on, I, I really should let you say something, but um, my, the problem with streaming services that I have is the incredibly low artist royalties. Artists don't get, uh, when you buy a record, artists get paid one royalty. When you stream a record, artists get paid a very tiny amount for the per stream 
it's, it's, it's the, the maximum they can get in the perfect world is always less, right, with streaming. And I kind of really believe that artists of any kind, whether that's a, a writer or radio producer or a musician, should be able to make a living out of what they do. It being pretty important to make a living if you want to continue doing what you do, unless you happen to come from the landed gentry or some other rich and privileged class. If we want to have a continued diversity in the arts, we need to make sure that it's possible for the arts to pay. Okay. So, streaming music doesn't pay well. Human element could make it more exciting and could put new and enthusiastic recommendations across. Fine. And it could also sell records. Now, if we can tie streaming music up with the world's chief a la carte music destination online, which is iTunes, then perhaps, just perhaps, we can find a way that music fans can find exciting new artists, great for the music industry, because suddenly exciting new artists can make some money, and um, sell records by them or whatever they call them these days. You know, I've, maybe I'm a bit dated using the phrase records. Am I dated to say records, Gene? I think I probably am. <laughs> I think they still say records, even though we don't really have that many records anymore. I think we still use the term records. Now, I believe it was Ringo Starr who said the other day, they knew of one artist whose music had been heard millions of times on Spotify, and he got a check for practically nothing. Now, we know Ringo doesn't have to worry about his next payday. But for every Ringo Starr or Paul McCartney or Mick Jagger, there's a million artists who are lucky to pay the week's groceries with their music, and they deserve more. I, they deserve a way to make music. Do you know, I've got a bit tongue-tied. I think I have to put it this way. Uh, there's a, an artist I know called Toby, Mar uh, Toby Marks. He uh, goes out as a name, Banco de Gaia. Um, um, and he, I interviewed him once and he sort of said, you know, Johnny, I've spent my whole life. I dedicate myself to my craft. I try to make music sound better and better and better. And he kind of resents downloads for that because, of course, we have, still don't have the high fidelity downloads that I do hope uh, will come one day. And the Ultra HD movies, which I imagine will come one day. And the massive improvements in sound and video quality, which will, I hope, justify people wanting to sort of buy these things because it's actually better than what you can get on DVD or, rec or CD. Um, um, but, you know, we still don't have those. These artists have spent their lives trying to make better art. And then at the end of it, they put out their album after two years' work and a great deal of personal suffering and all the energy that goes into creating that work. And they sell it in the shops and they sell 500 copies and it gets pirated 25 million times and it gets listened to on streaming services another 25 million times and they come back with $50. That's not really fair because millions of people have benefited from it. So anything we can do which can fairly boost the exchange for the artists without being punitive to the audience has to be good. I mean, you know, that old thing, the olden days um, when iTunes was introduced and it was all about giving honest people a chance to remain honest. Um, we would we had shifted online. Our preferences had shifted online already at that time. If we hadn't had iTunes, we'd have all gone to Napster and every other file sharing service, at least in this way. Some money was preserved and some industry is preserved, much as the industry resents it. But hey, the industry, too many lawyers, not enough talent. The um, um, the talent is all in the music, and the musicians, well, they were among the first to get sacked, and now they're being exploited. Wouldn't it be nice to replace the music industry and enable the artists to make a decent living? I think that was just something worth doing. I think that would be worth seeing. Wouldn't it be great if a new artist could make some music, 
And using the power of technology, people who might be interested in that music were kind of identified and then were told by human beings who could tell them why it mattered about this music that had just been made by this new young artist who's 16 from their small shed in the back of Wales or anywhere. And they did like it. And suddenly this small artist from nowhere suddenly had 20,000 fans and suddenly had $10,000. Wouldn't that be lovely? Wouldn't that be great? Isn't that how we could make the world? Can't we make the world a better place by connecting it? in an intelligent way where we actually look at what really matters and ignore the stuff that doesn't. The lawyers that comprise the music industry, they don't matter. But the people that make the music, they really matter. So anything we can do to improve their lot has to be worth doing. Don't you think? I think it does. I think that's really important. I think ripping off the musical artist is part and parcel for the business, and I'll tell you more about it in our next segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237 if you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. 
For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have Johnny Evans, the Appleholic. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night How Live. And we have Johnny for one more segment. So we're talking about the plight of the musical artists. Now, I was thinking here, back in the 60s, you had a lot of these record companies, and also in the 50s, who really ripped off their artists a lot more than now. So we know, for example, that Creedence Clearwater Revival had all their songs done with a recording company called Fantasy and took all their money. They didn't even allow John Fogarty to perform his own songs that he wrote and produced for years because of the lawsuits. Didn't make a lot of money. And then there was a book out a few years ago from another artist of the 60s, Tommy James. And he worked for a record company that he did not realize was a front for organized crime. <laughs> so now Tommy James was a big artist in the 60s, of course. I think we're alone now in Crystal Blue, Persuasion, and all those songs. And they sold millions of copies. And he wrote a lot of them himself. Talented young guy. And he should have made millions. But he had to beg for every dollar from his bosses at Lori Records because they were cheating him. What could he do? It was owned by organized crime. And of course, you look at stuff like that, and it has been part of the industry for people to rip off musical artists. I mean, to this very day, you hear about mm. lawsuits occasionally for royalties. Sly and the Family Stone, Sly Stone, living in a van for how many years now? Um, only just managed to win that court case a few weeks ago after living in a van in L.A. for, what, four years? Four years. This yeah. guy in the 60s, before he really got overcome by drug problems, in the 60s, this guy... And his group helped to create all sorts of styles that led to disco and led to all sorts of interesting rhythm and blues-related sounds 
all coming out of Sly and the Family Stone. Mm. And if this guy hadn't taken substances that really hurt him, made him unreliable, who knows where he could have gone. But as you say, he was ripped off by his record company, who hasn't been. But now, isn't that the thing about the online world, though? It's a great equalizer where somebody can get online a band, an indie band. They don't have to be part of a record label to get their music and items or other music services. If they can build a following on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, whatever, they could gain a pretty good income from music. They could. But, you know, um, for example, I can put myself into this mindset and my mindset there might be, but I'm a musician. I'm not a social media engineer. I'm not an SEO expert. I'm not good at building online communities. I didn't sign up to do music so that I can end up spending hours, endless hours on chat groups and forums or going around posting links here, there and everywhere. I just want to make music. And so there's still going to be a role for people to help curate popularize raise profile and 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 just generally help artists and acts there'll always be that role you know each to their own as a team we can usually achieve a lot more than any sort of one-man army ever can quite clearly there is a need for supporting industry around every musical artist there's also the difference of of you know if you've got more money to spend you can make it quicker in the online world just like anywhere else there is I think more potential and there's a possibility for small artists to come out of nowhere um, in the online world, or at least there should be. Not that we see a great deal of evidence like that in the modern music industry. Realising that opportunity seems to have been a bit challenging somehow and, and, and I don't know because I've, I've, I've watched and hoped and you know I've seen some wonderful bands come through Slaves or Lola Colt or, or you know up and coming bands from like Round Ear um, who've managed to do quite a lot of work online certainly I do believe that a lot of acts have managed to achieve quite a lot of great things online um, then you have the sort of Radiohead experience where an already defined entity was able to harness online processes within in, in rainbows and, and really kind of you know put a big stamp down on on, on how things have changed um but the uh, but the rev- the 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 the, um, the relative inequality continues in that you know the more support you have the more likely you are online or offline to make it that has always been true and it's it's as true online it's just that online at least you've got a chance at least you've got a chance and and that's good and anything that apple may do with their sort of idea to increase the chance for those independent artists would be great my concern there though is that i I can still remember um when itunes launched in the uk and the deals that apple were offering independent labels at that time were were not great and um and that took a little bit of agitation before things improved there so you know you can't help but be concerned that perhaps the idea will favor the existing corporations rather than really doing anything revolutionary but we can live in hope i do live in hope on that you know because if we can add a human touch to music curation and uh, the online world then we can make music a much more interesting and exciting place and again if we can enable some fantastic bands some fantastic musicians some of the poets and seers and speakers of this generation's worries and concerns and what they see if we can empower a few of the world's poets to uh, to articulate our reality in that way that we all so respond to when we hear it in music then we're doing something good Maybe one way of doing it, the great equalizer, would be, say, for Apple to add an optional 
special publicity development service where you <laughs> give away another 10% of your royalties. And it covers a fixed price that you get these extra services and you pay on the basis of what you sell. Anybody can get these services. They're available. But if you sell a million copies, you pay more than if you sell, you know, 10,000 copies or five copies. That would be the great equalizer. You pay as you go, but you're all entitled to the same level of service. Kind of like Facebook ads, but... <laughs> um. <laughs> Look, I just made it up. I have no idea. I'm not a musical artist. My wife is. Johnny, just quickly, because we have about a minute and a half left. What is your musical connection? Oh, musical connection to... Uh, um, I, I like music quite a lot. I was, um, I've, I've been a, a, a band manager. I've been a bouncer. I've been a, um, a merchandise man. I've been a, a roadie. I've been, uh, I've worked in clubs. I've, um, uh, I, I did all things, um, in my twenties, most of this, a little in my thirties. Um, so yeah, I was doing music things then. I've always loved music. It's really important to me. Music's the stuff that gets you through the tough times. Music's the stuff where you find the things that matter. Music's the echo of your soul and <laughs> music's the place where you lay your head at the end of the day. It's, it's just, it, uh, music's really important to me. I love it always have since i was you know old enough to listen to it you know i can still remember reel to reel tapes yeah in the late 60s and um i can still remember super eight you know but uh, I, 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 it wasn't the delivery mechanism it never has been it's the sounds give us one more sound telling us how we can find more information about the things johnny evans does I would love it if people, you know, pop down to my blog on Computer World from time to time, which is, of course, at www.computerworld.com. And if you sort of look down the page a little bit, you'll see bloggers. And I might be one of those bloggers, and it's Johnny Evans. And if you sort of tick there, you might find me, and maybe you'll find wherever it is I felt like ranting about that day. Um, I try to provide decent, Mac-related news, views, and entertainment. And I do hope that if you do drop over there, you enjoy it. Johnny Evans, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for the opportunity, Gene. I'm glad we could hook up this time. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. 
You pick up the receiver. With your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead, you finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Jason! Jason! Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the hosts you're listening to right now, online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with a host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So the Moody Blues years ago had a song called Ride My Seesaw. And I'm going to ask Brian Chaffin, will he ride... An Apple car or an iCar or whatever Apple might call it, an iVan, an Apple van, an Apple motorcycle. You know, I saw the Moody Blues in like 1993, thereabouts, and they were still awesome. 1993. Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, it was, you know, well past their heyday, and they were just fantastic musicians. It was a great show. I'd love to see them again. Nonetheless, I think we're going to see an Apple car. Actually, 
I am a hundred percent that Apple is developing a car, and I am close to a hundred percent that Apple will that this is a product that will ship and will see the light of day. Why do you think that? Because the Wall Street Journal said so. No, I'm actually going to take a little bit of credit for this story. Not all of it, but a little bit. Business Insider got it kicked off with a an email from an, uh, uh, someone claiming to be an Apple employee who said that his group was working on something to, quote, uh, give Tesla a run for its money. Now, where I come in is that I had been working on that story for um, uh, close to two weeks already. And I had very specific information that Apple was hiring people from Tesla, the kind of people that you only hire if you're going to make a car. So, in other words, the, the kinds of skill sets and, and experience and abilities that don't really lend them, you, you wouldn't pay for unless you wanted to build a car. So, it wouldn't be maybe building some prototypes to test some kind of dashboard or infotainment system. It has to be the whole Megilla. Uh, likely to be the whole Megilla. Yes. Likely. I don't want, I don't want to get into specifics uh, at all, but I was looking for another P I was actually looking for something else that I could hang my story on. And then business insider beat me to the punch with their, uh, with their letter from an Apple employee. So I, at that point I yepped their article and it, that was when the Wall Street Journal and Reuters and the Financial Times of London started pouring uh, their investigative uh, talents and resources into finding out more. Clarify something for me here. Yes. How does an Apple employee have the courage to say anything at all? Is it just the hint about Tesla? Is that something that marketing maybe convinced them to do, to create expectations? Well, you know, that's that's a good question. Um, but if you look at, let's actually look at how Apple does these, does these new projects. They tend to be really small teams. They uh, tend to be working in uh, black labs where, you know, like products can't leave the lab unless they're draped in black cloth. Uh, I know people that, that, that work with, uh, uh, with products under those circumstances. And... It's a security tends to be successfully tight with that. But the Wall Street Journal reported on Friday, that would be uh, Friday a week ago, that Apple has a thousand member team working on this car. Now, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of potential leaks because you not only have, of course, those thousand people, you have uh, their you know boyfriends, girlfriends, spouses, um, best friends that would never ever tell a soul. I promise, you know, <laughs> pinky swear, hope to die. And it really was probably only a matter of time before this story leaked one way or the other. And it's it's even possible that that that, that started off as a controlled leak. I certainly think that the information that went to the Wall Street Journal was a controlled leak. I, that's I don't know that's that. the thing here about the Wall Street Journal. Some people say we should not trust the Wall Street Journal since Rupert Murdoch bought it. But they still have some pretty skilled reporters there who are doing a really solid work. Well, yeah, uh, of course, you know, your opinion on News Corp and Rupert Murdoch may well hinge on your politics. Um, I think, though, that when it comes to business reporting, that the Wall Street Journal still does a very good job. And I don't generally care for Rupert Murdoch's politics. 
Okay. So take that, you know, take that however you want it. All right. So if Apple is designing a car, that does not mean they will produce a car. It means they're designing a car. Well, yeah. So Apple, so here's, here's what Apple's track record is. Very few products or services or ideas or features get said yes to. Apple's strength is saying no. And that was a, like especially the case under Steve Jobs. I think that Steve Jobs was better than anyone else on the planet at saying no to product ideas. And um, the flip side of that, though, is that we also know that once a product reaches a certain stage of development at Apple, it almost always sees the light of day. So very few products get to that point, but once they do get that point, they're almost always going to be released. And I think that what we have with the car here is that Apple has uh, that that Apple has identified this as a market ripe for disruption and it believes it has what it needs to do to enter that market and therefore disrupt it. And I think at this point there, there's there's there are so many people involved with this that I I don't think Apple's going to put that kind of investment into a new product unless it is confident that it will ship. All right, so we assume then it's an electric car, right? That's what I assume, yes. There's lots of stories out there that it's going to be a self-driving car based on these minivans that have been seen around the Bay Area. Um, I think that uh, people are putting the horse, be- be- horse before the cart. I think that Apple is going to release an electric car first while it works on, on uh, uh, autonomous capabilities. Because, I mean, we're years... Even Google, who has the... The premier head start on autonomous uh, vehicles, even Google is still many years away from having a vehicle that can operate under all circumstances. Now, when we look at the Tesla, we're talking about an expensive luxury car. It starts at $69,900. Yes. Tesla is working on something which will be in the thirty dollars to $40,000 range. That's maybe a couple of years out. All right. So if Apple puts out a car, the first thing is, when will it be ready for production? (laughs) The second thing is, how is it going to be sold? Does Apple now build an Apple store that's 10 times larger or 50 times larger to manage motor vehicles? And then this is many questions. Where do they hit the market? Does it start as a luxury car? Does it start as something that would be like a near luxury $30,000, $40,000 car? Where does Apple go? In other words, do they follow the Tesla playbook or what? Those are all great questions. So Tesla's stated goal is to enter the is to reach the entry level of the market eventually. And Elon Musk, who I think is is a genius, um, he realized that the best way to make a profitable car company, a niche profitable profitable car company was to start at the high end and let the high end actually pay for the development at the low end. So as you, as you just said, and then they start at like, I, I don't know the exact starting price, but you said 69. So let's go for that. They started 69,900. 69, okay. Fair enough. And they released then another model that was in the what 30 to $40,000 range. That's coming, but still a couple of years hence. 
at least. Yeah, and and then after that, there's supposed to be a model that's going to be even less expensive. So I don't know what where Apple would price a vehicle, but we do know that Apple tends to price uh, t- tends to compete at the high end of any market that it enters. So therefore, they've been competing with Tesla, and therefore indirectly with BMW, Mercedes, Audi, Lexus. Cadillac, etc. Let's do our break, and then we're going to try to figure this out and see where Apple might go. Will Apple produce a car? Well, it looks like, according to Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, there might be a lock on it if things go well. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV 
Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The national crisis is here and most people are not ready. If you could not leave home, how well would you fare? We've been told for years to have a supply of food stored, but the reasons may be different than you think. Infectious disease, domestic terrorism, and government regulations can and will prevent you from going to the store. If you've ever considered getting a supply of food, now is the time. Call Go Foods at 1-800-648-9753 or on the web at www.storefoodnow.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. So we have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Isle live. And Brian is telling us he thinks Apple having committed a 1,000 people for this product, this Project Titan, as Wall Street Journal calls it, they're going to produce a car. So you assume then that this will be something that competes at the high end, the Mercedes S-Class, the BMW 7, the Tesla Model S, that kind of thing. That's the first model. Well, I have zero color or information on precisely what kind of car Apple is working to develop. All I know is where app is how Apple usually does business, and Apple usually does business at the high end of, of its markets, uh, where it can make a lot of profit per device or in this case per vehicle, and it really does stand to reason that Apple would do something along those lines at the very least to start off with. But that said, I think you know one of the things that, dri- that drives Elon Musk is making electric vehicles usable for the mainstream because it's better for the planet. And Tim Cook is very concerned about the environment as well. So, you know, is Apple maybe the company that could actually mainstream electric vehicles? And could Apple actually, you know, make a uh, an electric vehicle for, say, 20 grand, which would be, you know, what the the... Mid level of the market, would you say? The you can still, you can still the buy mean for price for a car. This may not mean anything. The average price for a car is about thirty one and a half thousand dollars, and that oh. takes you to a well equipped mid sized car, such as a Honda Accord, Kia Optima, that kind of thing. But not the basic model, which is maybe twenty two thousand dollars. But the stuff with all the bells and whistles and the navigation, the fancy sound system, etc. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So yeah, would, would Apple dip much below that? I don't know. I kind of, I kind of doubt it. You know, here's here's an interesting thing. An interesting thing happened this week, which is that the former, uh, I think he's the a former CEO of uh, GM. I don't have his name off the tip of my uh, tip of my tongue, but he said that 
Apple, you know, Apple is crazy if it wants to enter the car market. It's a low margin business. Uh, if I was an Apple shareholder, I would be concerned about this. You know, what does Apple know about cars? People who in the, you know, people outside of the industry um, don't understand how hard it is. These are all paraphrases, by the way. Yeah, we're hearing this by people in the auto industry. Yeah. You know, some people saying, look about fashioning metal and all this other stuff. And Apple just makes iPhones. <laughs> but we also have to think of the fact that, you know, they've been building mass-produced cars since the 1908 Ford Model T. So the techniques are pretty standard now. I mean, cars have more bells and whistles now, more electronics, more sophisticated suspensions than they had then. But a lot of the basics in a car haven't changed that much. Yeah, The you basics know, you of your- building a car probably have advanced more robotic stuff in there but really haven't changed. You've you, you got to figure that Apple's probably like, okay, well, you know, maybe maybe we'll do like four wheels. And we'll probably have like a, a steering wheel and maybe some maybe some drive shafts. I mean, you know, there are a lot of aspects of cars that are that are that are understood. But Apple knows about developing new products. And and the, the thing is, what this guy from GM was saying, this former CEO of GM, is one hundred percent exactly what we heard from players within the cell phone industry when Apple announced the iPhone. Yeah, they having a clue. How could they build a smartphone in an instant? Yeah, what, whereas we've been this trying for years, but they don't realize that Apple might have been doing this for years the, because they've got people on their staff who've worked in the auto industry. And we don't know this product or this project Titan started yesterday it may be the outgrowth of something that's been going for several years. It probably, well, all right. So first of all, what people said back when the iPhone was announced was that you know Apple doesn't know anything about cell phones. It's a low margin business. Why would Apple want to enter a low margin business? Again, exactly what this guy said, which illustrates how ripe for disruption the auto industry is because the players, the entrenched players within that market can only see one way of doing things. And those are the markets that Apple enters, is those markets where, where they're just you know ripe for disruption. They're ripe for the plucking. And uh, it's hysterical to see that same sort of knee-jerk commentary that precisely echoes what people said about cell phones and smartphones so quickly. And yet here we're, we're, we're getting it. As for when the project started... I'm going to guess it started about two years ago, which is when we f- we first heard the the faintest rumor that Apple was working on a car, and it was pretty pretty universally dismissed at the time. But I, I don't think I mean I think this is going to be a Tim Cook product. I don't think this is something that, that Steve Jobs was was involved with. All right. So if it started two years ago, how long does it actually take to produce working prototypes? And this is something where. It's not going to be easy to keep this thing a secret. It's not like it's something in your pocket. You're going to start motoring these things around town in different cities to test out suspension, handling, and everything else. So it's not going to take long for people to know what's going on. Well, the, you know, you, you got to figure Apple's going to do what it did with the iPhone, which is uh, it started including the iPhone guts for new models in um uh, larger casings and, and previous generation casings, just to you know, to test out the the electronics. But you can't still... do that with a car. Yeah, well, you can test out uh, suspension. 
you could put the suspension you're wanting to work on into a minivan, for instance. Probably wouldn't use a minivan, mind you, but you know, there's a lot of things that they can test out uh, in existing cars. But yeah, you're, it, it will probably come to light a little bit sooner. Uh, and this, just like the Apple Watch was announced early, it, I would assume that that Apple would end up announcing this ahead of time because you know they're going to have regulatory hurdles to 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 deal with. They're going to have, as you mentioned, you know, how are they going to sell it in the United States alone? The state to state differences between how cars can be sold, and this is almost always based on the strength of uh, and the wealth of the uh, 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 auto dealers in that state. Um, the, the, it's this, this patchwork of regulations on, on how a car can be sold. Tesla has been struggling with that, uh, itself because it's been selling cars directly. Wouldn't surprise me if Apple did the same thing for, for what that's worth. We're certainly not going to see Apple cars in, in the, uh, sitting in the, um, uh, Apple stores. So basically the large car dealer chains out there are not going to have an Apple dealership because Apple will sell it directly. Well, you know, Apple could Apple could sell licenses to those dealerships. That, that could happen. It could totally happen. You know, Apple could uh, sort of work with. You know, the, another interesting thing is that that uh, Tesla. I, I believe that Tesla will only be helped by Apple entering this market. You know, I don't think that te- Apple's going to put Tesla out of business. I think that that Apple is going to help Tesla, and that the two of them are going to rip up uh, a lot of the rest of the auto industry. So, you know, the the two could well be friends in this. And and we we've I think you and I have talked about uh, the fact that Elon Musk and Tim Cook have have been known to have meetings. Well, that's the other question here too. Would Apple have done better to buy Tesla? And start from scratch? Uh, mm, probably not. No, because this is Apple. Apple, Apple. You know, so the the people that are in charge of this, according to the Wall Street Journal, the people who are running this group are iPhone managers. And and this is something that Dave Hamilton uh, uh, pointed out to me in a private conversation. Uh, so I want to give credit where it's due. But you might think to yourself, well, what do iPhone people know about building a car? They probably didn't know a lot, but what they do know is Apple, and they know the Apple way of doing things. And by having these iPhone people that know the Apple way developing this car, it's going to end up being an Apple car, just like having Mac people build a a smartphone made that smartphone an Apple product. Now, I realize, of course, that iPhones are a little bit more closely related to Macs than a car is to an iPhone, but they both have software in common, and they both have the fact that they need a user interface in common. Um, uh, and uh, uh, I, I, In fact, I think there's a lot more in common between these two product lines than one might think, especially in the modern age. Well, looking at the infotainment system of a car, there's a lot there. But I think the question that I would ask is, what would Apple want to do with regard to disrupting the car market? And we have a lot more questions to ask here as we speculate about the Apple car with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Great 
minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Hey there, Guns80.com continues to surprise us with low prices and high-quality Ghost AR-15 rifle kits. At Guns80.com, Ghost AR-15 kits are an even better idea than buying at gun shows or through private parties. Because the Ghost AR-15 kits at Guns80.com require no background checks, no registration, they don't even have serial numbers. That's what I call privacy. Go to Guns80.com to order your Ghost AR-15 rifle kit. No dealers, no hassles, ship direct. Guns80.com or 844-2-GUNS-80. That's 844-248-6780. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com to Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Folks, please don't forget to go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. Learn about Tech Night Owl Plus, where we give you a special version of the show, free of network ads, higher resolution copy. And we now have a new custom authenticated RSS feed, so you get updates and notices about the latest episodes, and you can even open them up in iTunes. Let's continue with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer talking about the prospects for an Apple car. Now, there have been quotes from Jonathan Ive and other people about how bad these cars are. You've heard about that, right? Sure. Okay. So we know when Apple disparages an industry, there's evidence there Apple wants to enter that industry. So let's take a look at it. So we have... The Tesla, which obviously is the first electric car that basically can be used like a regular car. You have enough range with the batteries to go a normal distance. If they finally get enough charging stations, eventually that means a lot. But they're using a direct sales model. How does Apple 
upturn the auto industry? Is it still direct sales? That's only part of it. The car buying experience is just a singular act, although if you go from dealer to dealer, you might have to repeat it a few times. It's a very annoying act, but does refining the car sales process, which really needs some refining and fixing, is that enough? What does Apple do with the car itself to revolutionize the market? Well, you know, those are great questions. So does Apple think it can do something with batteries? Maybe. Um, Just uh, on Thursday uh, this week, Apple was sued by a company called A123. They are a battery company and they had a, a team, a development team working on super secret projects and Apple snaked the head of that team. And then he turned around and helped snake uh, the rest of the employees on that team. And and now A123 is suing Apple uh, because it, it uh, accusing the company of stealing its proprietary uh, uh, technologies. So does Apple think it has something to do that it can do with batteries? Can it maybe build off of what uh, Tesla has released uh, royalty-free to the world? Does Apple think that it can do something with performance? Yeah, pro- probably not. But does Apple think that it can that that it has a way of manufacturing cars where it can actually save a lot of money? That's actually a possibility. Can Apple do something with the with with the way you interact with your the ergonomics of the controls on on a car? Absolutely, I'd been. You know, when, how many cars have you sat in where you just say say to yourself, "Well, this is perfectly designed for me to actually use the dashboard." Well, I'll give you an example of this. I have a relative who has a Mercedes, a very expensive one, way, way beyond my budget. And there is no way for normal people to get into that car without familiarity with the infotainment system on a Mercedes-Benz and master it in 10 minutes and an hour without reading a thick, thick manual. Now, I can figure it out because I'm used to gadgets. But people who aren't used to gadgets, it's a mess. It's a nightmare. A lot of these navigation systems are badly done. We remember the infamous iDrive from BMW, a disaster, a nightmare. So yeah, I can see in that one area alone, areas that can be improved. But the other thing is safety, car safety. Sure. Apple's very much into security and recycling and everything. Do they do something to overhaul the safety aspect of the motor vehicle? Can they do something with voice interaction that actually works? Can they do something with uh, with uh, just the security on uh, on how it's locked and how you interact with that security? There's, I think there's a lot of stuff that Apple could do there. In general, Apple's philosophy has been that it won't enter a market unless it can control one or two key technologies that give it a competitive advantage. And I have no idea how that might apply to the auto industry. Right, I don't know what the heck Apple could control w- with its cars that it would give it a competitive advantage that no one could, uh, no one else could quickly copy. But unless Apple has abandoned that ideal, it exists, and there is something that Apple is is working on. And, and the, you know, those 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 men and women are really smart. So, if they've been working on this for two years. Mm-hmm. Do we assume it's going to take five years to bring something to market? Well, uh, let's see. John Martellaro, my colleague, uh, John Martellaro at the Mac Observer, he thinks it's, uh, I think he's like seven to 10 years is what he thinks. Um, I personally think that we could see it in four to five. 
that's really just a gut instinct. Apple does tend to move really, really fast uh, when it wants to. I mean, the iPod was like start to finish nine months, just ridiculous, uh, especially I- at that time. And uh, yeah, so you know, th- th- four to five years from now, three to five years from now, really, that would that would mean uh, you know a five to eight year development time. And I think that's something that Apple could do. Tesla certainly did it. So Apple car would premiere in 2020. I would even say by 2020. Right. Well, I'm getting on in years here, so I have to think, will I be able to drive it? <laughs> uh, I hope so, Gene. I, I'd like to see you behind, behind, the, behind the wheel of one. How's that? I would like to see me have the money to go behind the wheel of one of those vehicles. Wait, fair enough. Yeah, it could be pricey. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited by this. This is, it's, it's an interesting set of rumors. There is so, you know, we also know, by the way, we know that Apple has hired the head of uh, GM's independent advanced research company. We know that uh, Apple has been talking to, and I, gosh, I can't remember their name. There's a small company in Europe that is the Foxconn of the auto industry. They make well, except for that they they make high end cars for uh, specialized brands. Um, and, but they're a contract manufacturer for automobiles. But so we know that Apple has had meetings with them. We know about this uh, this uh, uh, person from GM that Apple hired. We also know that the Apple hired Mark Newson. Do you remember him? He's a world class designer, very famous in the design world. He's done furniture. He's done. He's got his own line of watches. He's uh, um, uh, he's done uh, airplane design. I I think he actually sits on like like he's technically the head of Quanta's passenger services or something to that effect. Ah, uh, it's the Apple plane, or it's the Apple hover car. Well, the. It, I like that. The other thing that he does, though, that he has that he has, has done is he's designed cars. He did some concept car work for Ford back in the 90s. Now, admittedly, that was a long time ago, but it's something he has experience with. And he's Johnny Ives, uh, one of Johnny Ives' best friends. So we found out that Apple had hired him for, quote-unquote, special projects. In, and we assumed it was related to the watch, didn't that's we? That's what we thought at the time, yeah. That's what I thought. That's absolutely what I thought. And it was the Wall Street Journal that pointed out that he's got this car that he that he did. Uh, I could see him having been brought on to to um, uh, possibly even head the the uh, the car design work uh, for Johnny. Johnny can't do everything, and I look at it this way too. Apple if it's going to grow has to continue looking at new markets, but not too many new markets. So I don't think there's going to be a TV. I think that's a highly saturated market. Maybe Apple will do some more things with Apple TV. But a car, that's fascinating because when you look at cars today, they're all pretty much the same, except for some having more complicated infotainment systems. A car is a car. You know, I realize someone with a Ferrari will say, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I've driven a lot of cars from the cheapest to the most expensive. And, you know, there are fundamental things about a car that aren't changed. But we'll go into a little bit more of this before we get to other topics. Our guest is Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. If you go to MacObserver.com, you find more of their cutting-edge commentary 
remember, Brian started this conversation before some other people. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. Neighbor let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24-7. And take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it Hug-A-Mac for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash Hug-A-Mac. Bitdefender.com backslash Hug-A-Mac. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows. Pause and rewind live TV. Even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. 
GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products, most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, all about the Apple car and not the Apple hover car. Anything else to add before we move on? Yeah, there's a Bloomberg reported on uh, Thursday, and I'm quoting here from Bloomberg as we speak here. Uh, Apple Incorporated, which has been working secretly on a car, is pushing its team to begin production of an electric vehicle as early as 2020. People with knowledge of the matter said. So there you have it. Starting production in 2020, I guess that would be a 2021 uh, release. So that would be five to six years from now. All right. Well, this is not something that's going to happen overnight. I assume here that Apple would be much, much closer to having this ready before they officially announce anything. Oh, yeah. Let's move on. Okay. Apple Watch. Apple is Watch. In April. Love it. On time in April, you're going to buy the 18 karat gold version for $4,800. No, not even a little bit. I won't buy the gold version. I won't. I would not buy the gold watch, the gold Apple watch. You're telling us the truth here. I, absolutely. I would not. You're I would not going not. to mortgage everything just to buy it. No, no. I not only would not buy it, I would not recommend anyone buy it. Now, this is knowing what we know today, which isn't everything. You know, we don't know the price. We don't know what Apple's upgrade policy will be, if it has one. Um, we don't know... Uh, what the price will be compared to the price of gold. Here's the problem. <laughs> I'm expecting the Apple Watch Edition, that's the name of the gold version of this device, to sell for five grand. I don't think that five grand is too much for a watch per se. Now, that's subjective to every single person, and I get that. I don't, but my point is, I don't have a philosophical objection to paying $5,000 for a watch, especially when it's gold. The problem is that when, it, when you buy a mechanical watch for $5,000 that's made that's gold, actually, you can't really buy a mechanical watch for $5,000 that's gold. Those were going to start at 10 to 20. Um, but when you buy one of those, it's only going to increase in value as time goes on. And that's because. If you take good care of it, that watch will be just as useful 100 years from now as it is today. Certainly 40 or 50 years from now. With an Apple Watch, the features and capabilities of the this device will be obsolete within three years, four years, two years, five years. You know, it's relatively soon. So spending five grand on something that you're going to have a two to five year useful lifespan out of just because 
the, um, especially this first generation, the first generation is going to be the least capable Apple Watch ever made, right? I, I, I cannot, I cannot countenance that. I cannot. Okay, this is the problem. Future proofing. So how does Apple future proof, or can they? Well, you know, Apple could offer uh, the kind of trade-in value that is hard to pass up. Kind of doubt that would happen. Uh, and Apple could just could make these things upgradable. You know, you got to figure that that the Apple Watch is only going to get slimmer and smaller as time goes on. I, I think the second version of the Apple Watch is going to be, you know, like w- we've often seen thirty percent um, uh, thickness decreases on the iPhone from model, for especially those first uh, few years. And I, I think that you know the Apple's going to figure out a lot in in the next year, and that the next version of the Apple Watch is going to be significantly smaller. So, could you take those innards and f- fit them into the older, larger Apple Watch? Probably, if Apple so you know wanted to design it that way. So you know that that's a possibility, but I don't even see. I mean, I, I don't even see how. I don't even see how that would work. It's just the, if an a five thousand dollar Apple Watch has forty five hundred dollars of gold in it, that would probably be okay because you can still get your gold value out of it and and walk around with your gold Apple Watch um, until you're ready for the next one, but. If it's more like it has two thousand dollars worth of gold, which would be a lot of gold, it's like an ounce and a half of gold. Then you're paying three thousand dollars for something that is going to have a markedly steep usability curve. And I, I, I just like I said, I can't countenance that. Now I know that there are people, there are very wealthy people out there who will not care about that. There are there are going to be people that will buy the gold Apple Watch. In fact, its mere <laughs> its mere lack of long term use may make it uh, even more popular in some circles because it will become uh, another kind of conspicuous consumption. I'm so wealthy, I can buy this, and I don't even care that I'm not going to want it in two years. Well, easy for them to say. Yeah, but if you could make the thing updatable, pop in a new module, and maybe give it a three to five year lifespan, it's always current for one hundred fifty, one hundred seventy five dollars for the guts. Wouldn't that make sense if it could yeah, be done? Absolutely. Yeah, if 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 it could be done, that is, uh, I mean, you're you're talking about you're talking about adding complexity to the development process, just orders of magnitude of complexity. Um, Apple, Apple could do it. If anyone can do it, Apple can, Apple's got more money than anybody, but uh, I don't know. Like I said, I wouldn't encourage, uh, I love, I can't wait to get my hands on an Apple watch. I love what we've seen of this device. I'm so excited about it. I love watches. We've talked about that, but I wouldn't encourage anyone to buy anything other than the Apple watch sport and the Apple watch, which is the stainless steel version. Certainly, I wouldn't buy the expensive one, even if I could afford it. Yeah, even if I could afford it, I wouldn't buy it. But, but you know what? There's another thing there, Gene. I, I I don't particularly, my skin doesn't work with gold. I love gold, but I don't look good with gold. So that that certainly plays a, a part in my, uh, my uh, not caring for it. Yes. Okay. 
I guess we're going to see. I'm assuming we'll have some kind of announcement media event late March, early April. And then they'll tell us the things we didn't know about the Apple Watch. I think the other problem will be not just the future-proofing problem, but the battery problem. Of course, if you replace the module, you replace the battery. But having the battery only last a day or so, I think that's going to be a serious problem for some. Uh, it will be a serious problem for some. It, it, it absolutely will be. And so I look forward to seeing what Apple's going to do with that. Um, we were not, what we were told when it was announced in September is that it's designed to work, it's designed to be charged overnight uh, after working during the day. And I can imagine myself going on a camping trip, but only vaguely because I don't think I've been on a camping trip in 50 years. But I imagine going on a camping trip and I don't have a generator nearby and I have my Apple Watch and then the battery goes down. And that's kind of a bummer. So, you know, I understand the daily charging routine with a smartphone. For a watch, we've got Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer with us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. leading the way for the nation compelling talk for every political persuasion we are gcn graphic converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us it does not use any database you get full control of all your files want to view the images of a folder drag it into graphic converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files you could use it for slideshows you could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners need to do some image editing you can do that too in graphic converter also print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. 
On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial just like the one you're listening to right now no other network provides the level of customer service we do when it comes to radio advertising we are your one-stop shop and no matter how big or small your business is we can help email us and advertise at gcnlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website advertise at gcnlive.com easy affordable effective You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Do you think maybe when Apple does the official announcement of the actual release date and the final prices of Apple Watch, Brian Chaffin, do you think they might be able to give us more optimistic news about battery life? Maybe. You would think at the very least that Apple would have primed us for delighted surprise and not disappointment. So we can only hope. But, you know, three to five months is not... You know, it's definitely time to tweak stuff. It's definitely time to eke out, you know, every bit of of uh, performance per per um, uh, milliamp hours you can out of every single aspect of it. But it's not that much time. It's not a whole lot of time. You know, like there hasn't been a revolution in batteries in the last six months. Uh, but there is always improved. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll have to see. I, I this is the kind of thing that that I don't spend too much time worrying about because we just don't know enough. And I want to know more before I get too overclumped about it. Well, the other issue would be in the future, will Apple make this thing a totally independent device, not tethered to a iPhone? Because like it's with other smartphones and smartwatches, they're just accessories. If you forget your iPhone, what does your iWatch, your Apple Watch do? 
who who forgets the right? Okay, you have a very very good point philosophically speaking. My question to that though is, who forgets their iPhone? Who's got their watch and doesn't have their iPhone? And it's not like the thing won't work without your iPhone. It's just there's some things that it won't do without your iPhone. I don't think it's going to give you your, your text messages without your iPhone. Well, okay, boo-hoo. You forgot your phone. You wouldn't have had that anyway. Um, the, but there are plenty of things that the Apple Watch will do without an iPhone. Lots of things. We just don't know what they all are yet. Other than telling time, what can it do? Well, it can give you information about... The, the, okay, so there it has some fitness tracking features. Now, we, we also learned uh, from, uh, again, I think the Wall Street Journal this last week that the Apple Watch was origi- originally envisioned as a health tracking device. So it was going to be measuring all kinds of things about our health. Um, what Apple found is that perf- the, the, the data from some of those features was too erratic. They couldn't get consistent data. People with hairy arms didn't give consistent data. People with really dry skin didn't give uh, consistent data. And because of the lack of precision, Apple abandoned that idea and started looking at other other ways to make uh, uh, wearable computing a reality. And what we have now, what we're expecting is, is a device that does a lot of fitness tracking, you know, measure your pulse. It will uh, obviously do your, you know, all your, your, st- your step tracking and stair tracking and things like that. It will uh, uh, communicate with it. There's a company that announced uh, um, a glucose monitor that fits around your abdomen that reports to the Apple phone. I was re- reports to the Apple watch. So that you can get like, I think, a five-minute readout on your glucose level. So that's good for for diabetics. So uh, in addition to that, you know, it's going to have contacts. It's going to have, I think, some music. uh, I don't know how much music it can play without the iPhone. As a matter of fact, maybe that's one of the things that it won't do without an iPhone. There will be your, you know, calendars, um, uh, uh, notes, uh, any kind of app that you're actually installing. You know, it's it's going to... The thing that it's not going to be doing is getting information from your iPhone, and the things that it that that it will that will just rely on it, it will still do. But hopefully, in a few years, it'll do everything. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I, I think that I think that at some point it will. There's a lot of miniaturization that'll have to take place. A lot of radio miniaturization that'll have to take place. Um, you know, it would have the it, there's. It's one thing to have a Wi-Fi. Um, transmitter in something as small as the Apple Watch. It's another thing to have uh, a cellular transmitter, cellular radio in something that small. You know, but that will come eventually. It's only a matter of time. It gets smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Apple Watch. So Tim Cook goes to this White House security conference, and one of the TV networks remarked, well, Google wasn't there. Microsoft wasn't there. And Apple was mentioned only as an afterthought. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Tim Cook has, on a number of occasions now, mentioned the importance of privacy, mentioned the importance of of not being the product. And he has said that he thinks that consumers will care about that increasingly going forward. But Apple has yet to... um, actually come out swinging on this stuff. So, so Tim Cook mentioned it on the Charlie Rose show in 2014, late in 2014, after the Apple Watch was announced. 
He mentioned it at the Goldman Sachs conference that he took uh, uh, that he took part in. Uh, I think that was last week, earlier in February. And then he talked about privacy yet again at this uh, at this conference that you're talking about that the White House put together. So clearly, this is something that Apple thinks is important. Apple has said that your privacy is is something that you, that that you should have control over. You know, and Apple has made iMessages and iPhones encryptable in such a way that even Apple cannot get into them without your password. Something that the U.S. government and the U.K. government um, hate and feel entitled to have a backdoor into. And so a lot of what Tim Cook was was saying was aimed at the U.S. government, but a lot of what he was saying was also aimed at the fact that capital in the form of Google, Facebook, and you know just about every other quote-unquote free service company is doing, which is is taking all the information about you and, and selling it to the highest bidder. And uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I want to know when Apple's actually, you know, he, one of the, one of the quotes he said was that uh, um, something about how um, I can actually pull this one up. It's worth the wait. Do you mind, Gene? This is just to show you that the tech night out live is not scripted. There are points of spontaneity that we need to observe every so often. So let me, let me actually quote from Tim Cook at this conference. Uh, if those of us in positions of responsibility fail to do everything in our power to protect the right of privacy, we risk something far more valuable than money. We, we risk our way of life. Fortunately, technology gives us the tools to avoid those, these risks, and it's my sincere hope that by using them and by working together, we will, end quote. Now, on its face, that could be aimed at the government. But I think again that it also implies applies to uh, to Google, and you know. So now I'm waiting for the commercial, you know, with an Apple logo that says Google, but threatening our way of life. <laughs> Apple won't do that. Apple won't do that. No, of course not. But I want to see it. I want to see it. And people need to people need to be concerned about this. People need to understand what's going on. People get concerned about the government getting our data and listening to us and and. And, you know, tracking our whereabouts and, and knowing what our emails are and listening to our phone calls. And we get concerned about that. And we should be concerned about that because down that path lies a police state. But I don't see why it's somehow okay for corporations to do the same thing. I mean, I, I, if anything, I find it, I find it philosophically more repugnant because the corporations are making a profit off of all of that same information. The government at least is theoretically looking for bad guys when they do it. But, but uh, you know, corporations are just trying to make money from it. So I don't know why people are okay with, with Google going through Gmail, reading every email that you send and receive so that it can, so that it can harvest data to, uh, to, to show you ads. You know what, Google, by, by allowing people to use uh, G Plus to sign into things, what, by, with its ad networks, Google tracks, tracks us from site to site all over the Internet. You know, let me give you an example of how this works. And it's scary. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, who is not scary, I don't think. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. 
We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We love that you're passionate about GCN. And whether you're a listener, a business owner, or a radio industry professional, we've redesigned the new GCN newsletter to keep you in the know. Get updates on your favorite GCN shows and hosts. Go to GCNlive.com and click on the banner in the upper left corner. Just for signing up, you're automatically entered for monthly giveaways. Start receiving your newsletter today. The future of talk radio. GCN. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your 
body healing itself with the aid of HB Extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit HBExtract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to HBExtract.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So the other day, we were looking into maybe getting a new mattress because the mattress we have is worn. It's over 10 years old. My back is suffering from this mattress. So we want to look for mattresses. And there are a couple of firms that actually sell mattresses online and have made a business of it. You know, there's Nova Bed, Yoga Bed, Casper, places like that. They sell these foam mattresses. I love Casper. Okay. In fact, we really would like to get them as a sponsor. Casper Beds. And it has nothing to do with making you into a ghost. Okay, so here's the point. I go to these sites, and I read the information. I write a few letters. Not on my Gmail account, by the way. And suddenly, all the Google ads that I see on different sites are showing these same products. So whatever I did, they found out. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can hide. You can basically turn on privacy so you're not tracked. But under normal circumstances, most people don't do that. So it's kind of scary. When I'm looking for a product or service, suddenly the ads from Google AdSense know that, and they're after me. Yeah. Yeah. Did you search for mattress companies? I did. Yeah. Well, that's where they, that's where they got you. I did one, one or two searches for mattress companies and then started visiting those sites. Yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah. And, and here's the funny, here, here's the funny thing. I, I just went on this big rant about like privacy and, you know, companies profiting off of me that way. For some reason, it doesn't bother me that my searches are being tracked by Google so that they can show me ads. That doesn't bother me. It's it's all of my other stuff that bothers me. Uh, and I don't know I don't know why I separate them, but but it's true, I do. Okay. So the key here is that whatever it is, Google is looking out at you, not for you, but at you to see what you're doing, to track it, to sell targeted ads. And Apple doesn't do that. Although Apple, of course, opens up the search in their browsers to whichever company is giving them the right bid. Now it's Google, but maybe next year it's going to be Bing. Yeah, and Apple is, has been sort of getting, you know, was, was spotlight in Yosemite. Apple sort of does some of its own searching for you. It actually gives you some results that are the most common kinds of results that you might be looking for uh, right in these the spotlight search bar, which is a huge threat to Google. It's leapfrogging the search engine. And it's an interesting thing that uh, the, that Apple is doing that. Um, and, and Apple does have iAd. That means that Apple is tracking some of our in-app activities. But here's the deal. Apple is the loan company offering any kind of advertising service that refuses to give our personal information to 
the advertisers. Apple insists on being the 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 uh, the, the 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 mediator, the go between. You know, the advertisers go to Apple. They tell Apple what they want, and then Apple ends up serving those ads, and the the companies have no idea to whom those ads are going. And I'm a lot more okay with that than I am okay with uh, Google's business model. Well, the reason being, of course, here is that Apple is not taking your information. Oh, by the way, as we talk, there's a published report in Mac Rumors saying that Apple is aiming to begin to produce this car in 2020, which is basically what we said, you know. Yeah, it's the Bloomberg. They're actually All right. just talking about the Bloomberg story. It comes out of Bloomberg, by the way. But, you know, this is part of what we've been saying. In any case, let's get back to privacy. So Apple has added two-factor authentication to more and more features. They're obviously showing concern for privacy, no matter what. There are no backdoors, at least they claim there are no backdoors, that they can recover anything. But that also adds the problem. If you have two-factor authentication and you forget factor two, what do you do? Um, I don't, I don't know. I haven't run into that particular problem yet. I haven't had to figure it out. We never. Uh, it's know. a terrible. It's a terrible answer. I'm sorry. That's okay. So with privacy, Apple emphasizing privacy here. Do you think that is the one thing that's helping in terms of smartphones for iOS to grow against Android? I don't know. I actually think that no one cares about this stuff. No one's thinking about it. Um, uh, again, on Thursday, it, it was an interesting week on Thursday. There was a report that Lenovo was shipping PCs with a backdoor built into them, pre-installed by Lenovo, so that they could... Something about like helping advertisers find interesting shopping opportunities. I mean, in, in other words... <laughs> in other words, selling selling people selling access. I don't. I don't even. I don't even know exactly what they were thinking. They probably weren't thinking. But um, here's the deal: this thing that they installed could be used by anyone else. Why? Because it's a backdoor. Backdoors are accessible to anyone. It just really illustrates the fundamental flaw in the White House's. Um, uh, 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 desire to have to have backdoor access in the UK's the the prime minister's access, uh, desire to have that same backdoor access. They you know they feel entitled to have these back backdoor accesses when if they have it, so does so do all of the bad guys. And it's just it's just it doesn't work that way. Security doesn't work that way. And and as, as far as people don't care, I don't think that Apple's smartphones are selling. In record numbers, because because more and more people are saying to themselves, "Oh goodness, I don't want to be the product." I I I actually just, I don't think anyone cares about that. It hasn't become a competitive advantage, and part of that's because Apple isn't making it one. It's, Tim Cook talks about it, but the only people that are paying attention to that are people like us and and our readers and listeners, and Wall Street. You know, there's two little echo chambers there that pay attention to this stuff, but the but mainstream America, mainstream world, is not particularly paying attention to that yet. Well, so, the mainstream world is looking at other things, other considerations when they buy a new computer or smartphone. 
No, but otherwise Apple they wouldn't buy a Windows computer. All the years that Windows was suffering from serious malware attacks, and now things were a lot better. All those years they were buying more Windows PCs than ever. It's a good point. Didn't make a difference. Didn't help. Oh well. So. In 2020, there'll be an Apple car. In April of this year, there'll be an Apple watch. And I won't mention the Apple spaceship. That will take us to Mars, ahead of Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, will Apple enter, enter into the space business? That's exciting. You know, um, you, you know, of course, that I'm writing a science fiction novel. Actually, I've, I've written a science fiction novel. And it's set about 120, 130 years in the future. And in that future, there is a company called Apple Disney. And uh, and they make quite a few things. Just a side, it's not part of the plot or anything. It's just part of the background of the world. But yeah, where will Apple go after cars? That that that's the thing that that that, that really has me interested. Now I know. Now that I know Apple is interested in cars, what is the next industry that they're thinking about? The space is the limit. The final frontier. Brian Chaffin, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do. I am at macobserver.com, and you can find me on Twitter at tmobrian. That's Brian with a Y. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can also check out our site, technightowl.com. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com, and learn about our Tech Night Owl Plus service, the version of the show, higher resolution copy, free of network ads for a modest monthly or annual or five-year subscription fee, plus.technightowl.com. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this weekend on the Paracast, we'll be featuring Dr. John Brandenburg. And he's a plasma physicist and a senior propulsion scientist. Really smart guy. And he's written a book about death on Mars. That's the title, Death on Mars. The guy's name is Dr. John Brandenburg. On the Paracast, go to Paracast.com, Paracast.com. Brian Chaffin, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. It's a pleasure. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.